You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Hey everyone, it's Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Radio. Today's cool fact of the day is that smoking marijuana may actually increase lung capacity. Uh, researchers examined 5,000 men and women over 20 years and looked at information about how much tobacco and marijuana they used. And at different points, they had their lung capacity measured, something called the forced expiratory volume, or FEV. And they measured the amount of air the lungs can hold, which is called forced vital capacity. And basically the speed they're able to blow out the air. They found that the people who smoked some marijuana, a moderate amount, had improved lung capacity in both FEV and FVC. Usually smokers inhale really deeply into their lungs and expand their chest, which could be an explanation for this. Uh, it's not what I would have expected, and I don't think it justifies you going out and smoking pot, although you may be doing that, and there's a case for that for sure, and a case uh, against it, just, just breathing the anything burning is not particularly great for your lungs. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Garen, Welcome. Thank you, Bob. It's great to be on your show. I think it's exciting. I've, I've read all about you and, uh, you know, you do some very neat things. Well, thanks. And, and likewise, I, I first heard about you because I received this crazy package in the mail. It was this big box and it had like a bright green uh, silicon glove on top of it. And it, it said magical butter. And it kind of looked like, like maybe a child's toy, the way it was. But when I looked at it, I'm like, wait, this is for making herb-infused butter, and who the heck sent this thing to me? And it was actually a, a different, uh, it was the European model that, that had arrived, not the American model. And I'm like, I can't even plug it in. I don't know what to do with this because I'm on the American grid, even though I'm in Canada, which seems like it's part of Europe. And uh, so then I, I asked around, I'm like, does anyone know what this thing is? And finally, Jackie was like, oh, Dave, yeah, that, that's Garrett. He's going to come on the show. So you sent me another one. And uh, the Magical Butter is a, is a neat like biohacker device. What this thing does for people listening is it lets you have a precise control of the temperature when you're taking 
any fat and putting any herb in it. So if you want to make you know, an oregano flavored ghee, uh, which is something I've done, that's ridiculously good. And if you want to make, say, one of those in Brain Octane, you can do that. Or you could actually just add marijuana and you can put whatever oil you want. And you can do that in, uh, in uh, Brain Octane. You could do it in ghee. You can do it in sunflower oil if you want to eat that kind of thing. I don't recommend it. But the idea of a flavored butter is culinary, but precise temperature control is actually out of laboratories. And the combination lets you make some really cool flavorful things, but also there's some biological effects. And that's why I wanted Garen on the show today. Thanks for having me on. The, on. And yeah, what you're saying is, is very accurate. You know, as you start to use cannabis in life and botanicals in life, it changes your body. And that's what we're going to discuss today and go through the benefits for people and how it may or may not work for them. And it's not about cannabis. It's about herbs and just eating green and eating healthy, living well, drinking water, you know, doing the things that you have to do and taking control of your health and happiness. And it all comes as one. So, you know, it's, this is a, a great time because the freedom of the internet provides so much information that now people can go out there, do their own research, learn how to do things. And like for us, where we made, we automated a process, right? We didn't recreate the wheel. Like this is a, this, there's a way that you make infusions and we made it simple to do. So, you know, we've had great success with it. And, um, you know, really it's about push button, everything, just make it so people have, they're empowered, they can do what they need to do and, uh, research and work together with open sourced medicine and people just on blogs and doing podcasts and, Let's start to advance mankind by everybody collaborating together and being one team because together we win. There's, uh, there's a lot going on in the medical marijuana industry. There's the original use, which is like you, know, you smoke it, it increases your appetite, and that's really good for you if you have cancer and, and things like that. And there's some things about chronic pain relief. But lately I've been seeing just masses about uh, CBD oil. and I have some here. I've tried various brands of it, some uh, actually dried my skin out and made made me like kind of in pain and others seem to work pretty well. And there's there's definitely a a variety of quality and quantity and effects from from different oils from different different things, including uh, CBD. When someone uses uh, the MB2 in order to make an extract of of marijuana, what like how do you do this and what what would you do this for? both medically and recreationally. Just walk me through this, and then I want to get more about how you actually made this thing. And I'm going to change one word there, right. just recreational. It's therapeutic, okay, because <laughs> I think it's important. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a different message if something's therapeutic than if it's recreational. Well, let's – I mean, I know a lot of people who are not therapeutic users. Like, they're at parties. They're smoking it. And my message there is, like, look, you're probably going to do that. Like, this happens in our country. You know, they, people use it for partying. And if they're going to do that, using it as an edible is far healthier than smoking it. And, Agreed. And so what? Well, I, right. We can't really say that. And here's the only reason why we can't say that. Like, I just I watched a video about uh, uh, some research that's being done in England, mm -hmm. and I ju it was just in my Facebook news stream actually uh, this morning. And they're measuring the amount of carbon monoxide after smoking a cigarette and after vaping tobacco, and there's there's not the increase there yet so that's with that's with tobacco so let's take properties like that because they're not testing it with cannabis yet that yeah. we know of in that same way and let's apply that same thing to cannabis and vaping may actually prove to be insanely medical um yeah. and very therapeutic i mean because it's the fastest way to get cannabinoids into your bloodstream so, you yeah. know, vaping is a middle ground. I, I totally agree with you there. Um, and it, it's a very different effect than actually, you know, rolling a doobie, <laughs> which really is rough on the lungs. Like there's no getting around that. And, and it's not going to be a, a long term health thing. And, you know, ever since I was a, a teenager, you know, oh, let's let's make an apple bong with the water bongs, all that crazy stuff to try and reduce the harshness because it's harsh. And so fair point about vaping. But um, let's let's say that all right. Some someone is going to use uh, use an edible, and they're looking to use it uh, therapeutically. What what are the effects that happen from edible? Uh, we'll call it full strength 
um, marijuana extract in oil, for lack of a, of a more descriptive term. So if we, uh, if we look at that versus just purified CBD that's THC-free, like, what do you get when you have the, the fully loaded version? Like, like, what happens in the body? So let's go, let's go with the different molecules so okay. that way people get it. Okay, so you'd mentioned CBD before, and that's, that's an undeniable, incredible medicinal dietary supplement that in short order, it will be standard and probably replace vitamin C as our you know, daily um, intake of what we want for a dietary supplement. So I, I, that's, that's a, one thing I want to note on CBD. That's a huge statement, replacing vitamin C. Um, wow. Well, okay. Just my, my own. Yeah. I, I think it's, a, it's one of the most beneficial molecules on this planet. So how we are going to incorporate it into our daily lives is going to be mind-blowing. So for the medical community, it's, it's very exciting. And for the therapeutic community, it's equally exciting. So, for well, let's start with CBD edibles, for example. Um, and you know, it could be used for a lot of different things. Uh, and uh, with our machine, we don't just make edibles. So you could make a suppository, for example. Um, and if you had Crohn's disease, maybe a CBD suppository would be a, a great way to, you know, potentially make some of those uh, side effects go away. There's, there's probably people laughing right now thinking about that, like, you know, they, like what wasn't smoking it crazy enough, but the suppository route for administering vitamins is, is well known and, and drugs. So if, if that's something you've never really heard of, um, there are even ways of removing mercury from the body using other types of fat-based suppositories. So yeah, that, that's a, something I never thought of with CBD, but it makes sense. So, and yeah, and it, you know, I know some people think it's a suppository and, and it becomes somewhat of a joke, but you know, when you, when you really have Crohn's disease, you know, that's a lot better than having Crohn's disease. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the way that people look at it. Um, but you know, now on the edible side, edibles, and so we talked about CBD on, on that. Now let's, let's switch it over. So we're, we're given an exposure to the different molecules. So. THC, for example, we're going to go with THCA first, which when you find a cannabis plant, you know, in the wild and you dry it out, it's THCA. And then over time or with heat, it decarboxylates. It's a process called decarboxylation. And it goes from THCA to THC. And both of those molecules have different properties. So, for example, THCA is a great anti-inflammatory, Okay. For me, it's something that has always provided me with energy. CBD does the same for me. And these are very similar to um, – think of these molecules, if you will, as you know, different flavors of what you might drink, like iced tea or water or hot tea or coffee, right? And for everybody, they're going to have a different effect. So when I drink a cup of coffee, it does something completely different to me than it may do to someone else and, and water and – and these molecules do the exact same thing. So especially this early in the game, there is no written rule for, hey, look, this is the definitive way you do anything. We don't understand enough about it medically because we haven't been able to research it in so long. So, But now the THC edible, you take it. As you go through your liver, it metabolizes and it becomes stronger. Okay, And it converts from uh, delta-9 THC to 11-hydroxy THC. And that's why you'll see some stories in the news about edibles and how potent they are and how much they light people up. And if you overdo it with an edible, you know, CBD is one of the things that can help take you back um, and make it so you don't have a bad experience. So the plant, as you start to use it, has, you know, ways where if you take it too far, you can also take yourself back to uh, reality. It's a, it's a wonderful plant and it's you know, that's a little bit about edibles. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go for a second here and tell me what you think. Well, it's, it, it's definitely, people feel the difference from edibles versus smoking. That's, that's pretty well established, right? It's, it's just how, um, it, it's kind of just how it is when, when you've used pot. And at this point, I would say probably more people in the country have used pot than not. Um, it, gets, it, it gets a little weird though because there aren't that many studies, especially looking at health. I think the evidence on CBD oil is, is like you said, it's overwhelming at this point. 
And this is one of the reasons that I've been supporting legalization. There's also a lot of people who who get cognitive benefits from certain strains, but not other strains of pot. And it's actually never been, uh, it's never been uh, a drug that that appealed to me. Like I've, I've used it and don't have a problem talking about the fact that I've used it, but it's not something that um, that makes me nearly as happy as coffee, let's say. <laughs> um, but, you know, hey, uh, that might've been easy to predict. However, the idea that, that you might use it occasionally um, with THC and all of its effects and get therapeutic benefits or meditative benefits um, or some of these like full-on anti-aging benefits, um, it's intriguing and it seems likely that there's an effect there um, just because of CBD, if nothing else, and probably because of some of the THC anti-inflammatory stuff. Do you see that there's going to be enough medical funding for this stuff or is this going to sort of continue like we've got legalization in a couple states like are we going to actually put some money into understanding what this does the way we have for oh say caffeine or is this going to be like an orphan thing for another 20 years i'm, I'm really curious i'm it's like the birth of a new industry i want to come back to that one because right. i want to talk about your passion first okay okay and and here's why it's because i think there's something between coffee and cannabis and I know I've seen you publish a few things, and I'm going to go a little step further than that. Cool. You know, what we know is that people have endocannabinoid systems, okay, and you have CB1 and CB2 receptors, and that we also know that these molecules, the cannabinoids, the THC, the CBD, they're effective at making different stimulants um, significantly more potent. So, for example, example, cannabis makes alcohol more potent right? Cannabis makes oxycontin more potent. And we can look at that as a negative or a positive, right? We can say, well, we can cut somebody's dosage of oxy in half, right? By using cannabis with that. What I'm going to say now is with coffee, okay? Coffee is a stimulant, all right? So these molecules, your body, and I'm not saying this is scientifically proven, but I'm saying I believe this will be scientifically proven shortly, and we're just talking right now about what's going on and what I've seen to on my background, but I can't say that based on you know, where we're at in society nowadays. So I think in time, it's going to be that coffee is actually increased, your caffeine intake and, and the benefits of coffee are increased when they're combined with certain molecules from the cannabis plant. Uh, it, there's no doubt that there is synergy between different herbs and end of the day, both uh, pot and coffee and oregano and turmeric, um, all, all of these things have biological effects and they actually can amplify each other. But it, it's funny when Stephen Kotler, the guy who wrote Rise of Superman came on Bulletproof Radio, um, he and Jamie Wheel are starting uh, the Flow Genome Project and I'm uh, one of their financial backers because they're taking apart all of the things required to put humans in a flow state. And uh, Stephen and I were talking about it, and he's like, look, Dave, there's a reason that every ski town smells like espresso, nicotine, and pot. Because all three of those things help you, help you get different neurotransmitters positioned so that you can actually be in a flow state. And when you combine that with near-death skiing downhills at ridiculous speeds, that you've really got like four of the five things you need to go into a flow state. And he's like, that's why the stereotypical extreme athlete has this mix of weird chemicals around because it's making it a lot easier for them to do these things that are otherwise biologically difficult. I definitely think you're onto something there. And even in the Bulletproof Coffee Shop, Bulletproof Coffee is a substrate, but we have this thing called Headstrong where we add some specific herbs for cognitive function because of the synergies. So... I don't think I've ever seen a study of the coffee pot synergy. Have you ever seen one? I've, I've talked to, see, in this industry, it's not so much about the medical research. It's about open source medicine. And yeah. it's by talking to enough people, after you've heard the same thing around the world from people who aren't connected, that's how I do my research. And so that's what I've heard from the field, if you will, of of users of both stimulants out there. And I, I believe when you ask the audience, usually the answer comes back correct. So, so if someone was to buy a, a good quality strain 
and toss it in the magical butter machine with uh, some butter um, and make, make an extract, how do they control the dose? And you control your plant, okay? Yeah. The, the machine's microprocessor controlled. So what, what it is that makes us unique is our user interface. It's just, it's simple. We provide ways for the average person to just know how to do this. And w- when you're making it with our machine, and I'm not plugging my machine here, I'm just telling you, you know, why I'm passionate about what we do. It's called the magical butter too. There, I plugged it for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's microprocessor controlled. So if you select your temperature and you select your time, the microprocessor is going to run the same program. And so if your plant matter is consistent and your ingredients are consistent, your end result should be consistent. And unfortunately, nowadays, there's not testing facilities all over the country where, you know, the average person can just either A, afford to go do it. Like in states like Colorado, it's $40, $50 a test. So you, the average person is not going to go test everything. Um, and then in places like Florida or you know, most other states, there is no testing available. So you have to provide some way for people at home to have a way to, to do this. And that's what we do. So now if I made an extract tomorrow, um, I live on in a part of the world where some of the world's best uh, marijuana grows. I love uh, it. They, they, they call it BC Bud. And so if, Beautiful. If, I was to, <laughs> if I was to do that, now I've got this extract, and I have no idea how much to take. Like, what's going to happen if I take too much? You're going to feel terrible. It's going to be similar to if you've had too much tequila or too much of anything. Really, any stimulant that you do to an extreme gives you a very bad side effect. And the ones that are grass, right, the generally regarded mm-hmm. as safe stimulants that we would we would consider, which are you know nicotine and, and tobacco and, and caffeine and cannabis – you know, it, when you overdo those, it, it, it's a terrible feeling. So, and, and that's why they're generally regarded as safe is because they're self-moderating. Like you're going to do that once or twice in your life. And then you're going to say, I don't ever want to take it to that extreme again. That wasn't fun for me. It, it's kind of funny. Um, one of the, the people on the Bulletproof team uh, was, was chatting with me and, and I said, you know, um, there are nicotine receptors in the brain and you can use nicotine as a smart drug. And you start out with very small amounts. You don't use it every day, so there's no getting hooked. And uh, especially for something like jet lag, or, or well, you can do half of the tiniest lozenge, or you can do a little skin patch for a couple hours. And like nicotine really, really can help your brain as a smart drug, not as an addictive smoking thing. Like it, they're just unrelated. It affects oxygen levels in the brain. Like it, it's a, a unique molecule. But um, she took a, I won't name her because, well, she's probably um, listening to this right now and would, be, would blush. But she took a, a 25 milligram, the largest patch you can get for smoking cessation, and she put it on her arm. And she's like, oh, my God, this I feel great. And an hour later, she's literally green and, and just about throwing up. Like nicotine's an incredibly toxic poison um, at high doses. And you know, if a dog eats one of those patches, it'll kill the dog. So um, that was one of those things where it's self-limiting because you turn green and you want to throw up and like, this is the worst day of my life. And um, um, having overdosed on marijuana um, one time uh, and sleeping for 24 hours afterwards and having all sorts of really, really bad effects, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty cautious about this, this overall sort of things. Like it, it's, not on my, it's not on my plate of, you know, this, this is something I use regularly. But I recognize that CBD and some extracts probably will be things that I, I use regularly just for the polyphenol content and some of the other things. And I'm, I'm a little concerned that if, if you know, someone gets a magical butter machine and they're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make really good butter, and they're going to you know, cram the, whatever, whatever good stuff they can find in there and make the highest concentrate possible, um, that, that it's pretty tough to control dose on something like that because it's an extract versus you know, if you're just tossing it in the blender and making, you know, a pesto or something that tastes bad. Um, it, it's a different animal. How, um, how do you recommend people start experimenting with the therapeutic effects of, of this stuff in extract? Like, like, do you just take one drop? Do you just take a teaspoon? Like, how, how would you know? You start at where your comfort level is. And there really is no magic number. Okay. Um, if you've never had any experience with any kind of stimulants, you probably want to go super, super slow, you know, like start with a nibble of a cookie and see what happens. And day two, 
take a second nibble of a cookie and just see. And if there's ever a day where you're like, I didn't like that, well, then you went too far. And I'm not I'm not trying to say it any other way than that, but it's not a dangerous – like when I hear the word overdose in cannabis, it's a scary thing to me because Fair point. we've associated those two for so long that – you know, that's really what's held it up. And we think of cannabis when we're taught like our entire discussion at this point for the average person, they're thinking of the person that is our age. Right. Like that's that's what that's what we're thinking of. OK, when we're talking about medical marijuana or medical cannabis. Right. Um, what I think of is children. I think of veterans who are getting opiates and and instead of for ptsd instead of cannabis for ptsd and i so my brain just takes this a completely different way you know like for me i think if i had a problem i would start with medicine that we've been using for thousands of years and see if it worked and then i'd go to something else that we've been doing for 70 or 80 years and i know that's a crazy way to think but this way is kind of crazy too, because I don't like the direction that we're headed with our healthcare industry. So there has to be something that's better. And so far in the states that this has worked in, the statistics show that this is a a great thing for the most part. Yes, there's some negatives, but most of it's all wonderful. And we're creating industry. It's 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 a new enterprise, and it's. It's probably the best investment opportunity that any of us will ever have in our lifetimes. Uh, there are definitely huge amounts of money being made, uh, at least if you can put it in a bank account where there's still that little problem. That's cleared up mostly. Good. That's good. But most of the way cleared up. Good. It's amazing how banks want money no matter where it comes from. Shocking that way. So now one of the other reasons I wanted to have you on the show is that you're actually an investment banker by background like, like you're you're not the the stereotypical pot entrepreneur uh, you you've had a, a variety of success uh, what made you go from a kind of a more traditional background into I'm making this like crazy brand where you know I wear a bright green wig and uh, kind of a funny campy thing but one that's been really successful like, like what happened <laughs> That's, I mean, really, I like to live my life and I've done, I've worked for other people, never, but I have like, you know, I've always been in the service industry, whether it was managing money or, you know, as when I had my computer company, it was just, I was always servicing people and that was what I did. And I dressed the way that I had a dress and I did what I had to do. And I just wasn't able to be me, right? And like, I don't care that I wear a green wig. Like, I think it's fun. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and I was a school mascot for my, for USF, my, you know, the University of South Florida. I, I don't know. I've always kind of walked to my own beat. So um, when I had the opportunity, you know, to do a few things, which was employ people, right, help people and make money. That's when I said, this is my opportunity. You know, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a rock star. I couldn't sing. Well, you know, I think I'm a rock star business entrepreneur in the cannabis industry. And I'm doing everything I want to do. I travel. I meet awesome people. I'm learning from the most educated individuals in the world on what I think the, the future of a lot of industry is. And when you look at the opportunities that are provided by cannabis and just get past, you know, the fact that it's not about us, it's about helping others. Like, you know, yeah. once you get to that point, both as an entrepreneur, because that's important to be there, you know, for the for the health of the industry and also um, as a, you know, a regular everyday United States citizen. Because what's starting to happen is we're falling behind to other countries, and it's because our, our views are still jaded from propaganda because we are the most media-driven place in the world. So when you really look at how it's went down, the faster that people just educate themselves about cannabidiol, don't even consider THC at this point. You know, And just like with anything with cannabis, take it slow and see if 
just like with alcohol, just like you should have done when you were 21, but you didn't do, that's what you should do with cannabis, right? Like learn your lesson from when you were 21 and you went and you got shit faced for the first four days after you turned 21 and it really hurt you, you know, And, and then you did that until you were 30 and then you realize like, if I keep doing this, I'm going to kill myself. And so you start to slow down and become more responsible and, you know, just act like you're 30 when you try cannabis as an edible. Um, that, uh, that makes, makes good sense. And I think that's an important, uh, an important point. Um, what do you think about like a 14 year old using can of butter? Um, you know, we have a lot of customers who are young and, and we, we 100% support it. You know, these kids are on Onfi and Oxy and, and just absolutely horrific drugs in for a 14-year-old system. So, you know, whatever it is to balance your ecosystem, you do. And that's – I think the laws make absolutely no sense. And it's frustrating to watch parents and children suffer in the mental anguish and the arrests and everything else when they can give them an Oxycontin or – you know, shoot basically synthetic cocaine up their nose, but you know, they can't make cannabis butter in their own kitchen. Like that just doesn't, it's, uh, I'm on the other side of that fence. So that, that's a really controversial thing. You're saying, yeah, I'm fine with, you know, relatively young teenagers um, using this stuff. But your point there that says, like, we, we literally have a substantial number of teenagers on prescription methamphetamine. It literally says D-amphetamine salts on the label of the um, of, of Adderall, the generic Adderall, and, and so I would I would argue just like you that if that's okay under a doctor's care, that if there is a clinical effectiveness for using uh, marijuana in any of its forms, um, that that would probably be at least uh, at, at least less harmful. <laughs> than meth and some of these other pretty aggressive drugs that cause permanent changes in the brain. Um, so I, I think that an enlightened perspective on this for our entire country would be, look, there's lots of chemicals and different chemicals do different things to different people. And people have a right to, to control their own biochemistry. So stop legislating this commercial drug is different than this natural drug or this natural compound, whatever you want to call it. So if, if basically people would let open source science work, I think we'd find there are a lot of people who, who benefit. Uh, in the case of teenagers, one of the things that, uh, that THC itself does is it raises alpha brainwaves. And I do a lot of brain training to raise alpha brainwaves. And pot interferes with the training. <laughs> but if you're not doing the training and you use pot, it elevates alpha brainwaves. And if that's the only way you know of to do that, if you're completely freaking out and you have all this stress and anxiety and things that are tied in with, with something like ADD, and you can use THC to help regulate your brain, you're self-medicating, and it's not impacting your ability to function as a human being, which it does for some people, you know, the, the stereotypical pothead. Um, well, then there's a great case for doing it, and it would actually be a disservice to yourself and just to whatever you owe the world if you're not taking control of your own biochemistry via whatever tools are available and work for you. So I'm, I'm with you there, Karen. Yeah, I just, you know, it, I guess the, the real question for somebody who isn't with, with you on it is, are you okay with an Oxycontin being prescribed to a 14-year-old? Yeah, that, and, that's the and, problem. And that's a real strong reason why I'm okay with medical cannabis being prescribed to a 14-year-old, you know, because... It's. I'd rather have my child on medical cannabis than oxycontin, and so you vote in your brain on most subjects. And my vote says, you know, if it were my child, right, knowing what I know about the body and your ecosystem, I want to be on this side of it. And, and so that's you know that's really back to the original question of why I wear a green wig and a green butter stick and. I'm as loud and, and, you know, well-mannered at the same token, but about what this is, because at the end of it, that's the message, is our kids right now are being prescribed. Uh, what's the percentage of kids on Adderall? It's, it's 
absurd. It, it's like, like 12% it, or something. It, it's, it's Don't quote me on that, but it, it's so big that when I see it, it just kind of makes me sad because you can address that naturally for most of them. And for some of them, it changes their life. And like I, I recognize that, but um, the overprescription of it is is. But just astounding. let's go to that one right there, right? Mm-hmm. So for some of them, mm-hmm. it changes their life, right? Well, we can acknowledge that at least CBD, of right, course. right, is is something that could change somebody's life, right? Uh, but yet yeah. they don't have that. But twelve percent, and uh, of like it's it's so for me like. I just, you know, I've seen when lives get changed and I've seen enough lives get changed now that, you know, it's there's only one way that this goes down in history. And, you know, I know I'm on the right side of it. So, you know, you wear a green wig and a green butter stick and you do what you have to do to get people to listen to you and. And maybe one day people will eat green green butter and they'll get healthier. Well, that that being said, I uh, I think that there's a case to be made for for making our kids so that their social environment and their brains and even just their their physical environment uh, help them not 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 need any pharmaceutical enhancement in order to, to function. Like, like there's something wrong in either case if if a child uh, doesn't function in society uh, without uh, some of these modifications. And I'm all in support of changing ourselves to fit our environment when required, but I'm also a fan of you know doing whatever you need to do in the womb, doing whatever you need to do in the early early years of childhood to make healthy, resilient children who don't have an attraction to to pot that they'll try it. I agree. Say, hey, it didn't do anything for me. Like I like I like the way things are and go on with life. That's optimal, agree. but it's hard to do. I, I agree with you. You know, and I don't I don't. I don't want the entire world on cannabis. You know, what I want is I want the people who think it might be beneficial to them to have fair access. And that's where I stand on the issue. And unfortunately, some people get offended by that along the way. But I'm sure there's something that they do in their life that offends someone else. So like at some point, it's not about political correctness. It's about fair access for people because no one is ever going to be happy with the way it goes. So, you know, let's just give the people all the access. Now we know it's generally regarded as safe. Nobody's ever overdosed on it. So just make it 1000% fully legal and scale it back as you need to. You're, like, you're talking about CBD or I'm talking about just cannabis. Okay. It's a plant. I'm talking about hemp, sure. the whole, the whole it, bucket it, of it. It's, like, it's, it's just, ridiculous that it's illegal. And, and at this point, just about any thinking rational human, I think, could recognize just the, the decimation that it's caused in our environment, in our prison system, in our society by making it illegal. Like prohibition didn't work and it still doesn't work no matter what you're prohibiting. Um, but I, I have a hard question for you. So yeah, I have two kids, and five and eight, and uh, they drink Bulletproof coffee. And some people are like horrified because, oh my God, you give your kids coffee? I'm like, yeah, they metabolize it twice as fast as adults do, and they, they get a couple ounces. I want them to get the fats in there, and I actually think it's good that they get some polyphenols, and it makes them feel good, and it's, it's a, a small amount of caffeine. It's not enough to affect them cognitively. And if I give them an adult-sized cup, it is, and they don't really like it, but I, I don't have any problem with that, and it actually improves their, their mood stability to have that brain octane oil in there. So I'm, I'm okay with that. And I've received some criticism from people saying, how dare you give your kids coffee? I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with this. You have two kids as well, but you're dealing with another biological compound. What's your, what do you do about that? Like, what do you do when, when your kids come up and say, you know, daddy, what, what, what is this green butter? Uh, I mean, that's not how we approach it in our house. Okay. How do you, you do know? that? Um, we approach it pretty real. I mean, my kids are around the kids a lot, you know, my kids travel with me on the road. So they're in Denver and they see the people who, whose two-year-old child has brain cancer. And, you know, a a lot of these families come and they vacation at our house. And so, uh, you know, I guess it's just about how you look at it. And like from my world, like, you know, it's the best choice for a lot of these parents. And that's, as real as it gets. If there was a better choice for those parents, then 
that's what they should be doing. You know, what, like what I'm what I'm asking isn't those parents. I'm asking about you as a parent. Like, what yeah, do you I do? mean, I kind of stay away from this topic. I'll, I'll, Sorry, just because it's you know it's it's controversial. I get it. It's and it's you know, my kids have never been exposed to any cannabinoid molecules. Um, you know, I would like to start using CBD oil on my son's feet. We've acquired some IP for what I believe to be a pretty incredible cream. And, um, you know, I, I think they would be, it would be beneficial for his feet. Um, before I do it, I live in Florida. So when I'm in Florida, I can't use it without first asking my doctor and, and making sure that, you know, I can get a, a medical necessity permit for a CBD, for a CBD molecule to rub on my son's foot. And then, <laughs> then I wouldn't have to abound. worry about then I wouldn't have to worry about child protective services maybe coming in yeah. and taking my child from me because I was using hemp oil on my son's foot, basically. You know, like, and that's really what it comes down to. It's, you know, you have to be careful and don't do things that are illegal or are going to risk having your children taken away. And it's an impossible situation. Like, there's just, there's no good answer except for packing up and moving and that's rarely a good solution because then you take people who have a, a bad medical support system or a good medical su support system with their own immediate families, and then you move them to a new state where they have nobody around them to help them, but they just have access to cannabis. Like, it's there's no good answer. Well, I, uh, I hopefully will be able to say that this is legal in more states, and hopefully as it becomes legal – the, the cost of it will come down and it'll become one of those things that, that is in the arsenal of biological things that affect our biology that a, a physician or a nutritionist or anyone else can say, you know, that's worth a try. The harm is low. Uh, give it a shot. And in the case of CBD oil, like <laughs> there, there really isn't a good argument for saying, oh God, it's, it, it should be regulated. I, I just, I can't see that any more than regulating uh, any other spice. And in the case of the psychoactive compounds, uh, I, I, I also agree if, if they're providing therapeutic benefit, then they're providing therapeutic benefit and that's what it's all about. So um, th thanks for answering that relatively, uh, relatively tough question because there are a lot of parents and the biggest criticism of this podcast, I'm certain is going to be, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're promoting that kids should be on, on pot. And what I'm, what I'm saying is different than that and what you're saying is different than that as well. Yeah, and it's just, you know, if you don't say it the real way, you know, it will always be perceived the wrong way. And that's just where we're at in society. So, like, what we're doing right now is we're exposing our children to it the way that I think it's real, you know, and, and not where they're consuming it, but not where they shame it either because yeah. it's someone's medicine. Like, you know, it's not – there's beer commercials on all day, every day, getting our kids riled up about, you know, the, the business guy walking down the street, turning to a surfboard. And then like, it's, you know, that's the it's horses kicking footballs. And like, this is what our kids are exposed to every day. The president of the United States has said cannabis is safer than alcohol. Most medical professions will tell you that cannabis is safer than alcohol. So when you really just look at it, that cannabis is safer than alcohol, well, if we already know that, we haven't been able to study it for 80 years, and we knew it was medicine for a couple thousand, you know, why couldn't we, you know, start to study it and just go ahead and go the opposite way with it? Because what we've done with it has not worked. It's, it's been as bad as, as bad as you could manage the, the cannabis drug policy in this country, it's been done. Like, you know, when, when this history runs out, that's what it is. Like, and that's, it's a difficult thing. And it's not that I want everyone to go smoke cannabis, but it's that I want everyone to be educated that cannabis is a plant. And, you know, like just, the, and, and there's different parts of the plant. And some parts of the plant even though you're stubborn about it, might be beneficial to you or one of your family members. So, you know, start to look at the world instead of like this, get a little enlightened, open your eyes up, read, you know, and, and start to see if, hey, look, 
my so-and-so has this. Well, they're on Oxycontin. Why don't they try this? You know, and, and start to make a shift. Like, you know, I love your perfect world scenario where nobody's on, you know, any kind of um, pharmaceuticals and, and everyone's got their head straight naturally from the beginning and or that they use coffee. You know, I just know that worldwide, you know, coffee is is drank and cannabis is consumed. So, yep. you know, it, it's just it's real to think that cannabis is going to be a part of this world in the very near future for the rest of history, just as alcohol will, you know, and alcohol consumption may decline much like tobacco consumption declined. Um, but these are things we have to have in our society and we're big boys and girls and, and let's, let's parent our children and, Teach them right from wrong and, you know, don't smoke cannabis in front of your, you know, two-year-old um, if that's not what you're, you want your kid's memory of you to be. If that is what you want your kid's memory of you to be, then do it because you're raising your children, you know, and I'm raising mine. And, you know, mine are seeing it where it's an integral part of helping people medically, you know, and then the cool part is, is that they get to see us go around the country and work with these families and do all kinds of fun stuff with them. And so, you know, together, this has been just the greatest thing personally. Like I'm much like you said, you've, you've got your kids as part of your coffee, you know, in the morning. And it's so they're a part of you because that's what you want them to remember you by. Right. Because this is what you think your legacy is. And I think that's yep. kind of where I'm at. You know, it's like but I don't want mine to be. And, and not in a bad way. I, I Look, I, I enjoy bong rips. I'm not going to tell you I don't. But, you know, um, but that's not really what I want my kids to see. So that's not how I present myself. And, you know, that's, you know, if I'm hanging out with my buddies and somebody breaks out something fun, I'm, you know, hey, look, that's therapeutic to me. OK, I could I could drink a beer. I could do a shot of tequila. I could do a lot of I could have a coffee, you know, whatever it is. Like, I just. I kind of want everyone to find their happy place in life. Well, that that, that makes sense, and uh, it's it's throughout human history, finding our happy place has often included uh, external substances, and that's kind of just how it is, and that's part of part of being human. And even a lot of the foods that we eat have biological effects on your brain; they change how you feel. So it, it's a it's very tough to to draw the line that says, well, you know, I, I had turmeric which tasted good, but it also turned off inflammation in my brain, which made things different. Like, okay, was that a food or was it a drug? Who, who knows? But we modulate our experience by what we put in our bodies, and that ain't going to change. Agreed. Now, there's a question that I, I ask everyone who's been on the show, and, and aside from what we just talked about, you're a pretty high-performance entrepreneur. Like, you've had multiple successes. Uh, you're, you're doing really well. And so I want to ask you the question that I ask all the guests at the end of the show, and, and it's given all the stuff you know uh, and the stuff you've been through, not just as an entrepreneur, but just in life, what are your top three recommendations for people who want to perform better at everything? Like if you want to kick ass at life, these three things are the most important. What are they? Wake up and smile. Always wake up and smile. Scream. I'm a winner every night before bed. <laughs> okay. And the third one, the easiest way to help yourself is to help someone else. Excellent. And that, that service to others one uh, comes up uh, a reasonable amount of the time, and it's, uh, it's really meaningful when you realize that that's what you're doing. It, it's more motivating than just about anything else I know of. So, Well, Garen Angel, where can people find out more about you and about Magical Butter? Give us your coordinates. Uh, MagicalButter.com. You know, we have a great Facebook page. We've got about 190,000 Facebook followers now. Um, you know, we have the Magical Butter Users United Group, which is uh, about 9,000 of our customers that are all on there sharing their recipes and working together. It's a beautiful community. We support it. Um, you know, uh, myself, I'm on Facebook. I keep an open profile. So, uh, you know, I'm also on Twitter and it's all just, it's always just gear and angels. So, uh, cheers to goodness, guys. It was a great time. And, uh, I really appreciate it. Let's do this again. I, if if we're ever uh, 
in the same town. Let's let's try to hook up for, you know, dinner or something. I'd like that to meet you in person. That'd be awesome. I'd like to meet you too. So we'll arrange to do that. I think we both travel a good amount. So we'll uh, we'll hook up. Thanks again for being on Bulletproof Radio. Thank you, Ben. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, you know what to do. Head on out there. Check out the stuff we talked about. Get educated about it. And while you're at it, pick up a magical butter machine if you want to make some delicious herbal extracts. Uh, not just uh, Not just marijuana, by the way. You can actually go out and use this as a culinary thing. And I've been playing around with just doing flavored butters. In fact, some of the Bulletproof Coffee Shop recipes, we have these flavored butter sauces where we're doing herbal extracts in fat because it changes the way your food tastes. It's, it's kind of cool. So as a, a kitchen hacker, you can use this for more than just, uh, just cannabis. And that's kind of cool. And if you're looking for some recipes, check out the Bulletproof Diet. There's some good stuff in there. You can pick that up on Amazon, or I'm happy to sell it to you on Bulletproof.com along with your monthly Bulletproof coffee pack. Have an awesome day. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.